TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And welcome, folks, to a Friday edition of the Two Guys and a Mike Show here on thetalkzone.com. Thank you so much for joining us. April 1st, the month of March, hath come and gone. April Fool's Day. We'll see what we got in store for that. But we do know one thing that's in store for the weekend, and in fact, uh, yesterday and today is baseball opening games. How beautiful it is. The sport of baseball is back upon us. Goodness, big dog and a coach with you right up until 11 o'clock. Producer extraordinaire David Olson on the other side of the glass. And uh, David, it feels like just yesterday we were doing the football Fridays. And time flies when you're having fun. We go from football Fridays to baseball opening days. Hard to believe. Now, we know the big dog is a hardcore Cubs fan. David, I, I forget now. White Sox, Cubs, or you couldn't care less about baseball? Southsider. <laughs> Southsider. Yeah, White Sox fan. Interesting. Well, that's right. I was right. raised you, that way. So you grew up in Lockport, Illinois, which is—is is that considered Southside? Uh, I mean, it's considered ind- indirectly, the but indirectly. Um, but my parents both grew up on the South Side of Chicago. Okay. All right. So. Now, on a scale of one to ten, do you do you bleed the White Sox uh, black and white a little bit, or are you a uh, you know middle right? You root for the team, but you're not hardcore. Yeah, I root for the team, but okay. I wouldn't consider myself hardcore. Eh, maybe six out of ten. Mm-hmm. So. Right, well, opening day is one of those days that can bring in the non-hardcore fan to the uh, sport of baseball, despite the fact that in some cities it's 38 degrees, 40 degrees here in Chicago. Opening day, Pittsburgh Pirates come a visit and taking on the Cubs. Our weather experts here tell us it's going to be 44 degrees with uh, light southerly winds coming in at about 10 to 17 miles an hour. Brief gusts coming out of the east. <laughs> That's according to our weather people. I don't even, I didn't even know we had weather people, but apparently we do. Cubs are home against Pittsburgh. 120 tip off today. How sweet it is. Baseball is back. White Sox are taking on the Cleveland Indians today. That is at Cleveland. Our weather people who, by the way, we should report have not, uh, the drug testing has not been done for a couple of months, but they're telling us in Cleveland, 82 degrees and balmy. I don't, it, hard to believe, but that's what our, Again, possibly somewhat inebriated weather people are telling us. But White Sox at Cleveland today. 2.20 the tip-off. We had some games yesterday. We'll talk about that and a couple of wild finishes. So if that's an indicator of opening day, of baseball yesterday is an indicator, and it probably isn't, but if it is, of what the season is going to entail, well, we're in for pretty good. Next 165 days, however long the baseball season might be. I guess it's actually a little bit longer than that. But uh, here we are, April 1st. April 1st, we'll be talking about it in mid-October, third week of October when the World Series starts. I came in and uh, knocked on the door of our assistant producer, Randy Myers, today, and I said, remember, remember when the Cubs are in the World Series, when they're battling for Game 7 with Orion Dempster on the mound in third week of October and the city of Chicago is going crazy, we will look back to today when it all began. The journey begins. 
today. Not many people picking our Cubs to be in the uh, World Series. In fact, if there's been a less anticipated beginning of the season for our Cubs, I cannot remember. Maybe that's a good omen because many other years the optimism has been high. Everybody's picking the uh, Cubs to do really, really well. You know, opening day, everybody's excited this year. People are still excited, but definitely in, in the years I can remember, at least in recent memory, as tempered uh, enthusiasm for opening day baseball uh, for Chicago and the Cubs in particular, as I can remember. A little bit different on the south side. David Olson's uh, mediocrely favorite team. Uh, optimism pretty high. I don't think anybody's picking a World Series, but most of them are picking them as the favorite in the American League Central Division. They spent a lot of money, got a lot of veterans back. There was a question last year whether the White Sox would rebuild or restock, and uh, for the most part, they restocked. They did not get a rid of a lot of the veterans, the guys like Mark Burley and Paul Canerco. So they're back and, of course, uh, aided by some others. But we'll talk about the baseball today and, again, some of the games yesterday, opening day coming up today. We'll talk about it with you, our fine listeners. Our phone lines are open as per usual. Give us a call at 888-463-6748, I thought for... You know, a few brief moments in time, we'd go with the April Fool's Day theme and the April 1st Day. A little old. It's a little bit old. Been there, done that. So, you know, I mean, if anybody wants to call in and, you know, report something dramatic, you can. we can roll with the April Fool's Day theme, but I don't think we're going to go that particular route. But the more significantly, the uh, year of 2011 is what we're one, one, one quarter of the way through. We move on. Two weeks, by the way, till tax day. April 15th, rapidly approaching. There's my feel-good thought for the day. Everybody excited about opening day of baseball. It's my job to temper your enthusiasm out there. Make sure you get your tax returns done. April 15th. Yes, sir. Just got my refund deposited yesterday. Already? Already. I got a good nice. account. So, yeah. Nice. My son, for the first time, I had to, because uh, he worked, at, you, what is it, you make over 600 you got to fill out the forms. I think 600 is the amount. Whatever it was, it was his first official tax return. He's only 17 years old, still uh God, or still, thank goodness, I'm his legal guardian. But he did get a check refund in the mail from the United States Treasury, all excited when he saw the check, opened it up, $3. Dollars. <laughs> oh, goodness, I don't think it was worth the stamp, the envelope, and uh, the very nice check, by the way, United States Treasury check. Aesthetically very beautiful. I might keep that for a souvenir. But, uh, yeah, he got his first refund. So we got that coming up. Don't forget tax day coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, and as excited as we are about baseball, I remind our fans out there that next weekend, next weekend will be the 75th running of the Masters Golf Tournament. It's hard to believe. Sort of like uh, auto racing where they start off with a Daytona 500 two weeks into the season. The Masters, the grandpappy of them all. Next weekend, we'll be talking about that. So we got that coming up. And uh, for anybody that listens to the show on a regular basis, they know I'm a big Kentucky Derby fan. 38 days and counting. Woo! Into the, I think it's the 138th running of the Kentucky Derby. So we got all that coming. But baseball first and foremost today. Again, our phone number here, 888-463-6748. No big dog yet, huh? I can attempt as, to track him down. As it, well, you don't want to do that because that, that could take shows over at 11. You know, David Olson attempt to track him down. We'll get him like at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Hey, Joel, get the talk to you. Won't do much good. You don't want to try to track down Joel. The only way to get a hold of Joel is if he gets a hold of you. I found that out from both myself and the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Not necessarily in that order, by the way. 888-463-6748. Opening speak, speak day. Speak of the devil. <laughs> Opening day 
of baseball. Some interesting games yesterday. How about it? Some wild finishes. Uh, Cincinnati Reds pull out a big win. I've been calling them the Red Stockings. I think I'm going to continue with that theme. But they win in dramatic fashion, 7-6. to six. And, uh, well, I'm going to welcome in the big dog first, and I'm going to tell you who had the worst start to the Major League Baseball season. But first, let's check in with my good partner, our baseball expert here on the two guys at a mic show, Joel Redwanski. Checking in. Joel, how are you? Uh, well, Coach, my prediction's already down the two. <laughs> Only ten teams have played, and I'm already mathematically eliminated from any type that, of championship. You, <laughs> your Major League Baseball brackets are already shot, huh? Oh, <laughs> yeah, they got to quit playing games in March, man. Oh, man. Well, they only played one day in March this year. Not too bad. But the, the guy who clearly had the worst start to the season, Big Dog, is... I, I, can I, I'll guess. Can I yeah, guess? please. Uh, is it a guy going for a big contract next year? No. I'm going to put him second. Oh, who had a worse day than Albert Pujols? Got to be Milwaukee reliever John Axford, I believe. He's the new closer for the Milwaukee Brewers. Six to three lead. Opening day, and out you trot to the mound with a three-run lead, Big Dog, and the Cincinnati Red Stockings put four on the board. Ramon Hernandez with a three-run blast. John Axford had the worst day yesterday. You know what, Coach? You're 100% right, yes. Oof. You know, 0 for 5 with three double plays is really, really, really bad. Yep. As a matter of fact, it's a, it's a, a, the, what do you call it, the war thing of minus 43%, which you hurt your team Chances of winning by 43%. It's the worst game Albert Pujols has had in five years. Yep. But, yeah, open a day, you blow a three-run lead. Oh. So Ramon Hernandez is the yep. guy who hits the home run off you. Yep. And before that, he gave up, you know, another run before that. So it wasn't just like, uh, you know, a lucky home run. He absolutely got shellacked, I think, a couple walks in there, too. And I think most teammates, big dog, you know, over the course of the season, you close some games out, you blow a game, most teammates will let you go for that. But on opening day, when you got a victory in your grasp and you blow it, that, that's tough for a closer to look his teammates in the face. You know, Coach, maybe we're putting too much into it. Maybe we're being a little overdramatic. But there's something to be said about the momentum of an opening day. Yep. We're 162-game season. Yep. But, you know, last year the Reds uh, won on a walk-off on opening day. And then for their next five games, they won on walk-off. Mm-hmm. And then all year long, Coach, it seemed like the Reds were – always in a game, and they would make comebacks. And next thing you know, they win the division and the, for the first time since 1995. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, there's definitely, uh, obviously it doesn't tell the whole tale, but it can be indicative opening day. And um, Milwaukee, you know, the team that lost the game, big they started the game, I believe, started the season, started the game with back-to-back homers. Coach, you, you will not believe another part of that. Okay, the last time that happened Uh-oh. was 1969. I remember it well. Guess, just try to guess some players that might have been involved in it. Wouldn't it have been a Don Kessinger and a Glenn Becker? No, Don uh. Kessinger hit four home runs his entire career. Well, I thought maybe one of those was on that special day in 1969. That that would have been one heck of a thing. But uh, another guess. This is just a wild guess. Well, I'll give you one more. A 19, Was it a Cub or not? No, but okay. the guy, one half of who did it was in the ballpark yesterday watching it happen for, with Ricky Weeks and Carlos Gomez. Oh, okay. Bob Euchre? No. Bob Euchre would never be put in the first or second hole. They used to put him <laughs> in, like in the, the 11th hole. He's still announced. I know he's been in bad health, but Bob Euchre, I think, back in the booth for the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, That's awesome. I, he was in the ballpark with the Reds and the, and the Brewers yesterday? Yeah. Oh, boy. Pete Rose? 
Yes. Did you see Pete, what Pete Rose was wearing yesterday? No, I heard people talking about it. Describe it for me. I can't. It's the ugliest <laughs> jacket in the history of the world. It's something that an 85-year-old woman would wear. Uh-huh. Okay, except an 85-year-old woman, it would be vinyl. This, it was leather for Pete Rose. I heard Pete wore it well, though. He did not wear it well, Coach. <laughs> and something tells me Pete and Bruce Jenner have been dating. <laughs> They, you know, uh, when they were 20 or 25 or 30, they didn't look that much alike. A little bit. As the years went on, they definitely looked more alike, and the two of them basically had morphed into one person at this point. It's scary. And, yep. and to be honest with you, I, I, Pete Rose may have had a sex change. I think he's a 60-year-old <laughs> woman now. <laughs> Maybe the that's his. No, Coach, he's wearing eyeliner and scarves and stuff. It's a, it's are, a little weird. Are you sure that is not the second coming of Cincinnati owner Marge Schott? I, to be honest with you, Coach, that's exactly who I thought it was for a split second. <laughs> Pete Rose has turned into Marge Shot in later years. Boy, I, I've heard of people aging badly, Big Dog. That takes it to a new level. I heard of getting your back, but that's another thing. Getting your face <laughs> and your butt and your breasts oh, and your feet and your goodness. legs, that's, a little, that's something else. Oh, goodness. David, we had a character on our old radio show. What would we call him, Big Dog? Not quite Marge? Yes, yeah, that's that right. Her? You know, I, Oh, that was outstanding. Not quite Marge. She was one of our, our favorite characters. I think that was the uh, voice impersonation of ex-ghost guest host Brian Bauer, right? Yes, he used to do yeah. that. I'm not quite Marge. Yep. We had, yeah. yeah. And Danny Zetterman. Oh, oh, boy. Yeah, she was very hormonally uh, challenged, shall we say, or not so challenged. But um, I don't think that bit would have gone over well with our producer now, David Olson. David? No. I think David would have hung up on not quite Marge about halfway through conversation. Yeah, she really did like young Jewish boys. <laughs> well, that counts out, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. But, uh, all right, so John Axford gives up the uh, four runs in the last inning. Red Stockings, Ramon Hernandez, three-run homer. I made the comment, Big Dog, before you came on, there were some great finishes yesterday. If, if day one is an indication, this could be a heck of a baseball season. I don't know if it is an indication, but if it is, uh, we could be in for uh, some good fun next couple hundred days. Yeah, what, there was five games yesterday? Um, uh, you know what I'm saying, Coach? It doesn't seem like all of them were really, really good games. Mm-hmm. You know, don't want to go over over the top. But San Diego, um, day of baseball. the game you alluded to were Albert Pujols, and we'll talk about that here, completely completely busted out in his uh, first game as a, well, I don't know if you call him a free agent. Well, what's his technical term this year? No, no, he's a, he's a Cardinal. He's in the last year of his contract. Okay. Playing out the last year of his contract goes 0 for 5, three double plays. But worse yet for the Cardinals, San Diego scores two in the top of the ninth and beats St. Louis 5 to 3. So a fairly dramatic victory in that game, Big Dog and Pujols. Wow. 0 for 5, three double plays? Yes. Yes. It's a, wow. Uh, and a, like a strikeout in a clutch situation. It was not a good day for Albert Pujols. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, uh, something tells me he'll have better days throughout the season. Yeah, you know, I started to think coming in, you know, we're going to go with the angle. This is could be an indication. He's going to feel the pressure, yada, yada, Albert Poole. Forget about it. He, he's just too good of a hitter. There's some guys that are just slump-free, and, and you just can't imagine seeing Albert Poole's not have another great season. I'm going to go on a limb here and say Albert Poole's is going to hit 315 with 40 homers and 115 RBIs because he's done it every single season of his career. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, I'm not worried about Albert. That's, a, that's a pretty good, pretty good prediction. And on uh, behalf of the limb that you're going on, I hope it's a strong one, because when you jump out on a limb, you're a pretty big guy. I, I always worry about the tree branches when you jump out on a limb. 
I appreciate your concern, Coach. Thank you very much. That's what I'm here for. 888-463-6748. If anybody else appreciates my concern, uh, feel free to call in and talk a little baseball. We'll delve into the Final Four, too. want to get Big Dog's thoughts and predictions in the Final Four. we got the Masters Golf Tournament coming up next weekend. little NBA news and notes as well. But clearly, baseball first and foremost. Uh, Big Dog, we, we went over all the standings yesterday, all the divisions, some prediction. I don't know if we got a final... But you don't like making World Series predictions, right? Because only, you... only for the simple fact that I will give you an honest prediction who I think is going to win the the leagues, and I think it's going right. to be Philadelphia and Boston. Yeah. But uh, it's just too hard to predict when it gets playoff time. Yeah, because like, yeah. I'm not going to predict yeah. which uh, Phillies pitchers actually are healthy mm-hmm. come October 1st. But if I had to pick anybody, yeah. I, I really think Boston's the best team in baseball this year. Yeah. You know, your thought process, too, of, you know, I fairly confidently telling you who's going to be the best team over 162 games, but I can't tell you who's going to win in the playoffs. It's two unpredictable injuries and best of seven, best of five, anything can happen. It's a pretty good, th- it's not a real sexy thought process, but it's, it's a pretty solid thought process. The more you think about it, that's exactly right. I mean, you can, if you really know what you're talking about, you can predict the regular season, the uh, the postseason, i.e. last year, where I mean, like San Francisco and Texas, were they the two best teams in Major League Baseball? No, they were not, Coach. Yeah, so that, I mean, you don't need to look much further than that. And, of course, we can go to the Final Four right now. One of the Chicago Tribune columnists uh, threw a little cold water on the parade out there and said uh, he wasn't that excited about this year's Final Four because none of them are really anywhere close to being the best teams. Uh, what, what is it? Is this a KC guy? I don't think it was. Well, I'll tell you in a second here. Who's, who's... Because I happen to be watching uh, Chicago Tribune Live with my boy David Kaplan, and somebody made that argument, and he was he to me he sounded really really stupid because it was oh yeah there's no way these teams are the best and mm-hmm. blah blah blah. He doesn't get what the tournament is about. Okay, you find out how good of a basketball team you are throughout the season by if you can hang your conference championship banners up, mm-hmm. okay, by what seeds you get. The tournament is something totally different. The NCAA tournament champion, is it the greatest team in the country? No, no, no. It's the team that walks off being being able to call themselves the national champion. That's all that matters, Coach. Did, did you understand? What I'm, when that guy was arguing the simple fact, it's not the best team. It's not what it's about. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and I'm sorry that... You know, that guy doesn't get to walk away being like, yes, that team is the best team in the country. You know, that's not what it's, that's not what it's about. It's the team that won the tournament. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I and, and that's, that's all that matters. You don't have to, they don't have to call themselves the best team in the country. They just have to call themselves the NCAA tournament champion. Mm-hmm. Brian Hamilton, by the way, the guy that wrote this, it was not Casey whoever, Brian Hamilton, but it was actually, it wasn't too much of a sour grapes column. It was a more a matter of fact column, but you're right. No question about it. No one's claiming it's the best team over. Oh, oh, now BCU, I just, you cannot say we're the best in the country, they, but they can definitely say we're tournament champions <laughs> if they win two games in a row. Your basketball analysis was interrupted. I just saw up on the screen Pete Rose and what he was wearing briefly. Briefly. That's an interesting look. Now, yeah, I have nothing against homosexuals, Coach. <laughs> I certainly hope not. But I do have something against Pete Rose. Yeah. So for every homosexual sake out there, hopefully he hasn't turned to your team. Where was it? Was he sitting in the dugout? No, he's he's actually allowed in the ballparks now. But okay. he's, yeah, he was he paid high price tickets, Coach. That's okay. why he had all those bars and stuff around. <laughs> he wanted to feel like he was it was back in 1990 and he was in uh-huh. Marion, Illinois. Okay. All right. 
That was that was I only caught it for about two seconds, but that was a interesting look like an old Montreal Expos hat or something in the brief moment I saw it. No, 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 that was a Cincinnati Reds hat, coach. It was. Yes. Okay. And that's how bad it was. He was, and I don't, I don't know. All I know is there was a pimp somewhere talking about, man, that jacket's <laughs> ugly. Okay, that's how bad that jacket is. Oh, one of our emailers just wrote in and said, if you wear 3D glasses, the Pete Rose outfit looked much better. So maybe. <laughs> If you wore 3D glasses and happened to be on LSD, okay, you would not come down, Coach. You would be stuck up in this loop of eternal hallucinogenic uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know what? The way the Cub season might uh, might play out, Big Dog, that might be a state you want to be in because I know you are a loyal, loyal and avid Cubs fan. I'm hoping things will work out different, but the possibility of 3D glasses and a drug-induced stupor for you for the next 200 days might be the best thing for you, according to predictions on our Chicago Cubs. To be quite honest with you, the way the, way the, the Cubs look this year, the 82 and 80, which to me is a bad season. I mm-hmm. know the other Cubs fans say, hey, we're above 500. Yay. No, no, that ain't, that is not good enough for me for a team that's going to spend $180 million on payroll. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, they're going to spend $140 million on payroll, yeah. but it's, it's, it's not. about $140 million more that you and I are going to make this year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't rub it in. It's not great. It's not great, but 82 and 80, uh, you know, not bad. And hey, look at it this way. 82 times. 82 times during the season, Big Doug, your favorite team goes mono and mono, nine innings or more, and beats an opposing team. That's not bad. Everybody can't win the championship. We're talking 82 victories. I'll take it right now. Coach, you know exactly what I'm going to say. It's been too long. <laughs> you know, I, I really thought I said it perfectly yesterday yeah. about all that. And, the, you know, so if you weren't listening yesterday, mm-hmm. all I'm talking about, I just want the Cubs to be doing the right thing. And, yes. and speaking of psychedelic and hallucinogens, you know, if the, if the Cubs want to put wavy gravy in left field instead of Alfonso Soriano, I'm all for it because mm-hmm. it would be an upgrade defensively. Mm-hmm. I have to ask, who's wavy gravy? No, no he's just some hippie okay. from the 60s. I thought maybe he was uh, Darwin Barney's replacement on the outfield backup roster. but uh... No, yeah, Darwin Barney, I hope, makes the squad, Coach. He is one heck of a, of a young uh What do you mean makes the squad? Sure. He's starting at second base today, Big Dog. Oh, he is? He is starting? Reactionary sports. It's yeah, reactionary sports Blake talk. DeWitt. Blake Well, first of all, Blake DeWitt hasn't been in the, the uh, conversation for the last four or five days. Came down to Jeff Blake and Darwin Barney. But uh, we got a credit. I think you're going to agree with me. Mike Quieta, the new manager of the Cubs, not going with the guy that was penciled in at second base at the start of camp, Blake DeWitt. He had a tough camp. Darwin Barney had a good one. Not only did he make the team, he is starting at second base. He earned the job. Big Dog and Mike Quieta gave it to him. That's awesome, Coach. Uh, that's exactly what I was hoping for. I'm really happy as a Chicago Cup fan. Yep. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll, here, I'll give you the uh, lineup of your favorite two. It's actually not bad. Kosuke oh, Fukudome. They came out with the starting lineup already. This oh, yeah. is reactionary radio. I'm all fired up, Coach. Kosuke Fukudome leading off. Uh, that might cool off your fired up. No, 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 no. Co- Coach, wh- what is today's date? April 1. Oh, I got you. Okay, maybe. Kosuke Fukudome for the next 30 days to be the uh, National League player of the month. <laughs> Starlin Castro, he had a great spring. Hopefully no sophomore jinx in the two-spot. Marlon Bird. No, 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 no. The number two guy for the for the Cubs? Yep. He's been signing his name, Starlin Castro, HOF. <laughs> Hall of Fame, by the okay. way. Okay. Know what yeah, we, don't, we don't want to jump to conclusions, but what the heck. Let's take a quantum leap. Uh, Marlon Bird, Aramis Ramirez, Carlos Pena. Bird, the best three hitter in Cubs history since Aramis Ramirez last season. <laughs> Aramis Ramirez betting clean, cleanup. 
I expect a rebound season for him. Honestly, I, I know I made fun of the first three people, mm-hmm. but I, yes, I do expect yeah. a rebound well, season I think for Aramis. Aramis, like many of the fans and assistant coaches and uh, even a few of the announcers, I think he fell asleep the last two-thirds of the Lou Piniella era for the Chicago Cubs. So maybe Aramis will wake up under Mike Quade. Can I be the one who wakes him up, Coach? Sure. What the heck? I can give you his hotel phone number if you want to wake him up. <laughs> well, I'm almost out of minutes. Carlos Payne, by the way, speaking of minutes, our show is going to end a little bit earlier today than normal, Big Dog. Brand new show. Brand new show debuting right after us. Very exciting. Winning Fridays? It is not winning Fridays. Winning winning Tuesdays is still on, right, Dave? Occasionally. Occasionally. <laughs> uh, well, I, know, I hate to put it that way, but it's it's occasional. Uh, I don't do a show every week. Anymore. I hope we're I hope we're not responsible for messing up Winning Tuesdays, Big Doug. Because I I kept asking when when is Winning Tuesdays on? Is it on Wednesday or Thursday? And I think I confuse people. I'm I'm afraid to say that. If there's an adverb uh, for the sound of someone's voice when they're speaking and you sound like a pain in the ass. Yes. That's exactly I wish I had that word because that's what David Olson sounded like answering you just a second ago. Because <laughs> you are a pain in the ass, just to let you know. Yeah, I can't argue with that, actually. Okay. Yeah. But we have uh, like a, a senior citizens revival show, I, I think, is after us now. Ooh, Talk, really? Oh, yeah. No, it should be pretty good talking about uh, how seniors uh, can live longer, live more prosperous, live more active lives. So I'm very excited about this. In fact, they're telling us we should get off four minutes early. I might get off like ten minutes early. Just so we can get a quick start. I, I think I like the other show better than our show. Yes, David. Good. But uh, it's not for the seniors. It's for people in your age group really? to prepare for when you are seniors. Now, when you say your, are you talking to Joel's middle range or my slightly older? Your slightly uh, older. That takes the fun out of it. Coach, I, I still have a decade before I start preparing, uh, preparing for my, my old uh, age. My son's a Boy Scout. You can never prepare too early, Big Dog. Motto of the Boy Scouts. Well, I'm with you. Now, what I have to prepare for is the the the, the snap of the glove and the bending over. That's what I have to prepare for. <laughs> oh, goodness. When you made that comment yesterday about one of the baseball players or you were excited hand over fist, you made the comment or something. Somebody emailed in saying, uh, speaking of hand over fist, has the big dog taken your advice and scheduled his physical yet? Coach, I want to get a health insurance before I find out that I'm going to die. It's an interesting philosophy. Like, I can go to the hospital now, but basically they're like, uh, yeah. they would be like, well, uh, you're going to die, Mr. Edwanski, but mm-hmm. that's okay. We, we can uh, well. do something about it. I don't have health insurance. <laughs> oh, well, uh, well, you, you might as well, well. move to Spain. <laughs> you know what I mean? I really don't want to hear that. Okay. Actually, if you're fairly assured, if the prognosis is not good and you're probably going to die anyways, maybe it's better to go before you paid for the health insurance because who cares? If it's a terminal situation, who cares about the health insurance? You're not going to be here anyways. Now, if, if That's so, when I get the reverse mortgage on the house. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Reverse the curse. All right. But uh, be safe out there and be prepared, big dog, and the motto is, uh, from the Boy Scouts, of course, and the bottom line is we have to get off a little bit early today to make way for a brand new show, which I'm very excited about. 888-463-6748. By the way, I want to make my World Series predictions. Last year I had the Giants, by the way. Yeah, yeah, and if you remember, we did. We were pretty good all year. You picked the Giants. Yep. I forgot who I picked in the National League. I'm pretty sure I picked the Phillies mm-hmm. last year. And But, like, all year long, I uh I was with you on the Giants, you know, and I was like, you know, they could they could win it. 
And you guys asked me about the Rangers, and all I said about the Rangers is they're going to fall on their face yep. and choke on their own dust. So I was 50-50 last year. Yeah, so. they didn't do that. And, of course, you are predicting a come down for the Rangers this year. This year I got the Giants again returning to the World Series, Big Dog. But my pick to click, my team to beat this year, the Anaheim Angels, will bring home the World Series ring this year. Mike Sosha and company wow. will be dancing an all-West Coast World Series. Anaheim over Frisco. You heard it here first and probably last. Coach, I I, I <laughs> love Mike Sosha as a, as a manager, and they've got a really good fielding team. They've got a lot of questions, though. I, I, I really don't know. I don't know how strong of a pick that is because uh, they, they got a guy in, in center field that can't hit at all, that Peter Bourgeois. Okay. They moved. Vernon Burning Wells to left and Tory Hunter to right, mm-hmm. but and they don't have. I mean, Jared Weaver's a, a good pitcher coach. He's better and he's underrated. He's better than people think he is. But I don't know if they have enough top end of the rotation to like win a series, though, Coach. Mm-hmm. And Fernando Rodney's their closer. Is that good okay? or bad? That's not good. Not good. Fernando Rodney is I'm trying to think of a, a, a good cover White Sox to describe him as. But all I know is this: he, he all he does is throw fastballs, and he can't throw them for strikes. Oh, so he will walk the bases loaded for you. So if you're an Angels fan, you, that's like the last closer in the world that you want. He makes Carlos Marmol close, <laughs> or uh, you know, like save look like uh-huh. melodramatic. Okay? How about would the would the comparison be to ex Chicago Cub, a potential superstar, never panned out, Felix Aradia? Felix Aradia was never a potential superstar. He was left-handed, but. Is he like a Fernando? Well, what the hell does that have to do with it? But, but would he be a comparison to Fernando Rodney or Rodney Fernando? Um, no, no. Fernando Rodney is definitely better than Felix okay. Hernandez. Or Heredia, Felix Heredia. Heredia. He's yeah. not better than Felix Hernandez, but definitely better than Felix Heredia. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm going to stick with it anyways against all uh, odds, despite the fact that you're squishing me down. I'm going to stick with the Anaheim Angels over San Francisco. By the way, they won their first game yesterday over Kansas City. Four to two, the Yankees won their opener. Big Dome beat the Detroit six to three. Local kid Curtis Granderson had a great game. Couple of big catches, had a, a home run. But the Yankees win their opener. I don't know how you. Most people picking the Yankees maybe to be a wild card this year at best. Maybe a wild card, coach. I, I don't see it happening. And if the Yankees do win a wild card, they had some great seasons from uh, from some key contributors. Uh, really, Phil Hughes is the key to that. You know, CC Sabathia, coach, is going to go. 20 wins, 7 losses, and just be really good all season long. Never mm-hmm. great, never bad, just really good all year long. But I, I don't know if the Yankees have enough pitching after that. Phil Hughes, if he has a dominant year and finally becomes a superstar that he was supposed to, then you know maybe they have a chance to make the playoffs. But there's a lot of really, really good teams in the American League, Coach. And don't forget the American League East. The Rays lost a lot of players like Carl Crawford and stuff, but they have so many pitchers. David Price is a superstar. Yep. You know, he, he's going to win 18 to 20 games. I know they lost Mac Garza to the Cubs, but Wade Davis is back. They've got some really good pitchers down there in, in Tampa, so don't overlook them. Don't overlook the Blue Jays. Their lineup is good, and they have the best staff in baseball for under 25-year-old pitchers. So, like, the Blue Jays are the – if they can keep the staff together, Coach, mm-hmm. could end up being, like, the team of the future. Yeah, they've got a rookie, and I'm forgetting his name now, that a lot of people are picking to be the uh, rookie of the year. I think a position player. I'll get it for you here in a second. But uh, Toronto could be one of those. They're a popular surprise team pick. And uh, 
and then yeah. they've got what the home run hitting champ from last year back, right? Batista. They got, they got Jose Batista, and then Jose they got a bunch of other Batista. guys like the, the Travis Snyder, the Aaron Hills, the mm-hmm. Adam Lins. Really good young ball players. Uh, all you know, surrounding those guys, so it's a pretty good team, and they've got a closer. So I mean, it's it's pretty good, coach. And the fifth place team is the Baltimore Orioles, who might be the most improved team in baseball from where they were in uh, August of last year to where they're at now. Buck Showalter. So the Yankees have their hands full, coach. It's not a guarantee that if you finish in second place in the American League East, you're taking on uh, the American League West champion, because you know the Central, the Twins always play the. The team that wins the American League East. So very, I don't think it happens this year. Very excited about the Baltimore Orioles this year. Buck Showalter taking over. You know, Buck always does. He He's brand new manager, right? He was not with them last year. Brand new manager. Coach. Yeah, and he always does good in his first year, always revives programs. In fact, did, did it, he did he manage at the end of last season, though, Coach? I'm trying to remember, possibly. But I think he, did. he definitely was not yeah. there at the start of last year, though. Yeah. I'm try, I, I can't remember when he was hired. Well, he is great for reviving dead programs. When they get to a certain level, he's not very good, but he can revive dead programs. In fact, I have contacted him more than a couple times to come on as the producer of our show. Not to replace David Olson. No, 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 no. Just to add some, uh, you know, to to work his magic for teams that are struggling. I thought it might be a good addition. Then once we get popular, I'd fire his ass. But, you know, he could get us out of the gutter a little bit. I, I understand, Coach. Yeah. understand. Yeah. Well, it's not bad being in the gutter. Sometimes it's enjoyable. That's actually a bad term. Underdog. Let's call us the underdog. We're fighting our way to the top, big dog. Yeah, don't no more gutter yeah. talk. Yeah, you're right because we we believe in the product, we believe in ourselves. Stay positive, stay true to the cause, work hard, keep fighting our way up, and good things will happen. Correct? Uh, absolutely, coach. Hold on one second. Get out! <laughs> All right. All right, oh goodness! Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. The phone number. Uh, a couple other games to talk about real quick yesterday. How about the pitching duel, L.A. and San Francisco? A couple of arch rivals scheduled against each other in the first game. Uh, congratulations to Donnie Baseball, Don Mattingly. He wins his opener, but Clayton Kershaw and Tim Lincek on Big Dog. Good old-fashioned pitching duel to open up the season. Yeah, the the Giants and the Dodgers sent in two of the best pitchers in the game of baseball out there on opening day. That's about that's, as good as you can get. Coach. That's good stuff. Yeah, a two-to-one game. Lincecum, no earned runs and loses. Okay, that is the type of ball game we're talking about. Clayton Kershaw, uh, Coach, I haven't compared him to this. Many, many, many other people have compared him to this guy, and they're including Dodger organizational people, and they're, I think it's stupid, but he's been compared to Sandy Koufax. Who? Never heard of him. Okay, yeah, by the way... If you're Puerto Rican and say you don't know Roberto Clemente, they hang you. What do they do you if you're Jewish and you say you don't know Sandy Koufax? Oh, goodness. I was young when he was pitching, but still, for I know his career was not that extended. For the brief time that I remember, and I was pretty young, as dominant a pitcher as I can ever remember. Ever. Yeah. Ever. And like, uh, his statistics are just mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. But, and it, you know, when you see the film of his curveball, it's disgusting. It's just crazy how it just drops off the table. But for the last couple of years, people... The last two seasons, oh, he's the next Kofax, next Kofax. Well, yesterday was his 23rd birthday, and he went out there through seven innings, only lost five base runners, struck out mm-hmm. nine, and and uh, nobody crossed the plate. Got that K on the last name, just like Kofax. Remember, I think it was Sandy Kofax where they first started putting the Ks up in the – I don't know if the fans did it in the ballpark, but in the newspaper they used to put the Ks up for Sandy Kofax. So. I, I really – I mean, I was, yeah. I was born in 72, so I had no idea who started that. So it's good to know, Coach. Mm-hmm. 
who was uh, Sandy Koufax's partner in crime and two of the best pitchers, uh, two-man rotations anyways, in all of baseball history. Uh, a former White Sox play-by-play announcer, twin D, Don Drysdale. Coach. Absolutely. Married to what famous uh, sportscasters? So wasn't uh, she a swimmer, an Olympic swimmer? No. no. Who was Don Drysdale married to? Basketball player, Ann Myers. I did not know that. Yeah, who became I don't a... even know who Ann Myers is. Really? Do you remember nope. David Myers, who played in the NBA and played at UCLA? Yes. Okay, that was his sister, Ann Myers, for one of the original great women's players. Yes, David? This is just another check-in from the accurate, uh, the uh, dedication to accuracy department. Uh-oh. The K isn't from Sandy Koufax. No? It is not, no. Most people believe that it is. But I remember dates... in the newspaper, they used to... It dates back to the 1860s. Wow, okay. 1860s? Yes. By the guy that invented the modern box score. Okay. Used the K symbol. Interesting. Strikeouts. All right, but, but what about... For the fans doing the, you know, the K becoming popular. That's, I sort of remember that. Well, maybe, maybe they started was, making it, you know, made it popular doing that up yeah, in the scoreboard. That's what I was talking but about. But those yeah. of you keeping score at home okay. were already putting the Ks down in their okay. scorecard. Cool. Cool. Excellent information. Just out of curiosity, what website do you go to get uh, incredible minutia like that? I go to the Google. That, that works, coach. Google. Never heard of it. <laughs> It does work, huh, Big Dog? Yeah, I Googled somebody the other day. Really? They were pretty happy about it. Yeah? I got to Google myself. I haven't Googled myself for a while. I'm a little worried what might be on there. Coach, every time I go to a new computer, yeah. I Google myself just to see if I come up. And, Interesting. And, that, and I determine whether or not do, I'm friends with that person. Do things change, like, over three or six months? Does your Google information change, or typically does it stay the same? Depends on how many times you've been arrested, how many <laughs> how many times you've dated Lindsay Lohan, and uh, and basically how many times you've, you've you've tried to sell vacations to Jamaica. <laughs> not necessarily in that order. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> yes, David. Uh, just out of curiosity, I just googled you. <laughs> oh. Um, unfortunately, there's an uh, there's a musician by the name of Jonathan Cohn. I call that fortunately, but okay. Uh, and then an actor by the name of John Cohen. I thought there was an author, too. No, is it a musician? Well, those are the first two that came up was the, the, okay. uh, the musician Jonathan yeah. Cohen. However, at the bottom of the Uh-oh. page, in searches related to John Cohen, Uh-oh. number one is two guys in a mic, John Cohen. Woo! So, Heck how about yeah, that? How about that? You're in a related search. How about that? Exactly. Number one in search-related uh, content. Damn. That's impressive. No, I actually, because I've Googled in, in the past, it's been a while, and I thought it was an author, maybe it's a musician, but I consider that a good thing. So then people get off. I don't want anybody checking me out, so they get off on the other track and then forget about me. But I would imagine with your name, Joel, Joel Radwanski, you're the one and only, my friend. You can't hide from anything. Yeah, I actually, I come up after like the R-A, I think. So mm-hmm. you put like Joel, R-A, and then I come up. and mm-hmm. uh, See, but maybe that's a... A reason why our ratings have hurt, Coach. Why You're actually it? worried about people finding you. Okay, people, you need people to find you. Oh, that's well, the coach. John Cohn does a radio show. Let's find out. Oh, he's a musician, too, and an actor. <laughs> wow, he's much more attractive on that makeup artist. Let's be doing something right. Look, he's a good-looking man. Yes, yeah, so, so, you're exactly right. You Google Joel, and there's his Facebook uh-huh. page, and there's his videos. Yep. And, He's, a, he's an internet sensation. Yeah, it's got like uh, like twelve different international dating services on there. It's it's very oh, impressive, heck yeah. Joe. Heck yeah, very impressive. The Philippine one in particular, I found quite entertaining. 
Uh, to be quite, a, it, I've got a lot of hits on that coach. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I'm engaged to like 47 women. Yeah, and they all need a way to the United States. So. <laughs> you don't want to lead anybody on, but you figured you'd keep it down to like 47 or 48, right? Yeah, my girlfriend's not too happy about the site. Yeah. Well, you're no, still waiting. You're still waiting for the right one, but you got to keep your options open. Yeah, she's like, you know, why are you on these these dating sites? You know what I mean? I'm right here in the room. You uh-huh. know, so. <laughs> Oh, big dog. It's great to have opening day baseball. I think before you came on this morning, I mentioned time flies when you're having fun. It feels like just yesterday. We were doing football Fridays, and here we are, unbelievably, April 1, and it's opening day of baseball. Hard to imagine. It's still hard for me to fathom, but it's right here for us, opening day, a very special time. Well, technically, if you think about it, Coach, um, it was only last month that we were doing the Super Bowl. Yeah. I know it's early February, the last day of March between uh, football and baseball, but it keeps getting closer and closer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if things keep working out the way the football owners want it, okay, um, the Super Bowl is going to be played February 25th, and I'm not kidding if they add two extra weeks to the NFL season, okay? Think about it. You'd only have a month, five weeks. and You would literally go from watching the Super Bowl to – Okay, how many people reported to camp on time? Because camp would have already started for four or five days of baseball. Mm-hmm. And so who knows what we – like the, the sports and the schedule did not change your whole entire life, Coach. Basically everything was the same. Uh, NCAA Final Four Monday, the championship game, meant that you would have had watched opening day baseball all day long for your whole entire life mm-hmm. until all of a sudden this year. The football, I mean, the Super Bowl was never in February until uh, uh, 9-11. So it's crazy stuff. They're getting closer to it's like evolution. They're they're you know it's like the span of 360 degrees. They're getting closer and closer to each other. At one point in your lifetime, Big Dog, will you will the seasons extend so much that we may have the Super Bowl and opening day like a couple days apart? Yeah, who knows, Coach? You know, and maybe like you know, football and baseball have morphed into some. Mm-hmm. into some strange things. Well, don't forget, after the regular America, after the regular American series, you're going to have the worldwide European series or Super Bowl, so that's going to extend in a couple weeks. Coach, don't you find it a little bit strange that all the bye weeks for football teams are in October? Wouldn't you think, well, wouldn't a team be more beat up in November? Wouldn't you say that, right? Yep. But all, all football teams are like, they're doing their bye after four games. they got 12 left. Yeah, and they're doing it the first week of October through the last week of October because as fewer games as a team could have in October, the better because a lot more people might be watching World Series or AR NL Championship Baseball, so they have as few games as possible on those Sundays. Just got a text in from Maple Leaf. Maurice Big Dog wants you to know two things. One, the Toronto Blue Jay rookie superstar is Kyle Drabeck. Maple Leaf Maurice. Well, I think, you said position player. He's a pitcher. Yeah, I know. Okay, keep an eye on Kyle Drebeck and also more, uh, Maple Leaf Maurice uh, says don't forget Canadian women. He says uh, highly recommends to you. You don't have to go to the Middle East to search. I won't, by the way. I, if that, I will take that. I will not go to the Middle East to search for a woman. I'm, you know, I'm just relaying the information that our fine listeners, including Maple Leaf Maurice, sent. If you want to send us an email, you can do so at Mike. Two guys at AOL.com. That's M-I-C, short for microphone. Mike and the number two. Mike, two guys at AOL.com. Big Dog, any uh, final baseball thoughts? Because I do want to get to your uh, prediction for the final four this weekend. But 
Uh, baseball is upon us. I know you're excited. Tip off today, 120 for the beloved Cub. I, oh, I should mention uh, Ronnie Santo, if you could. We know Ryan Dempster's pitching for the Cubs, but if you could, Ron Santos, tell us a little bit about Pittsburgh pitcher Kevin Carella. Kevin Correa? Yeah, him too. Yeah, well, well uh, <laughs> he was uh, the, the he likes to keep the ball down in the zone, Patrick. He, he likes to work quickly. He does. He likes to keep hitters off balance. So. Wow! Does he like to get ahead in the count? Loves to pitch ahead in the count. Wow! Yep. Beautiful. Thank you, Ron. Okay. Have you have you heard uh, Keith Moreland on radio? I've heard just brief bits, not enough to make an analysis yet. No, I haven't heard of it at all. Okay. Since, uh, he's, and you know, I'm really happy about him being hired. I have not yep. heard him at all, Coach. Yep. Yeah, it's going to take a while for them, I'm sure, to get a little momentum together. But uh, we will see. I've only heard, again, just real brief snippets. I can't make an analysis yet. Hopefully it'll be good stuff. And, uh, of course, this season, in dedication and in memory of uh, a dearly beloved big dog, Ron Santo, it's going to be hard to believe he won't be with us this year. Yeah, you know what? Every like, every time like I, I get upset about this team and I'm like, no, they have no chance and all that, all of a sudden I start thinking, well, they are playing for Ronnie, so maybe there is a chance. And that's mm-hmm. That is the the number one reason for the Cubs to have a good year this year is because of Ron Santos. Wouldn't that be something? If they finally had that magical year and go, it would be bittersweet. It'd be great for Ronnie, but then I was like, oh, man, you got to be kidding. If he, if he would have known, he would have found a way to stay alive. Yeah. Of course, that's a big if. That's a big if. But if it does happen, there'll be a lot of talk about that, you can be sure. You remember when Walter Payton passed away, the year after that, the Bears had a few magical victories, including... Remember the uh, the big block? Who was it? Was it Brian Robinson? No, no, no. No, 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 no. You who? got it right. Brian, Brian Robinson? Right. That was 1999, Coach. It was a horrible year for the Bears. The yeah. Packers were still good. The Bears were bad. The Bears, uh, Walter Payton dies. And uh, the, the next Sunday, on November 2nd, uh, the Walter Payton died on, like, I believe it was Halloween, Coach. I can find it. I'm looking. I, I can find it right Who here. Who's the but, kicker, Marco? But they kicked. Uh, the they basically blocked a field goal from the one yep. or two yard line. I, I have the the Walter Payton Memorial thing in my hand. I'll find out the exact day he mm-hmm. died. But who was the yeah, green the Green Bay kicker? Was was it Marco something? I thought it was Ryan Longwell still. Eh, maybe doesn't matter. But but the point is, uh, God can work in mysterious ways. So you never know. Ronnie might be looking over us. Uh, real quick, we have uh, kind of overlooked our South Side team, the Chicago White Sox. Big dog, let's mention them. They're playing at Cleveland today. Mark Burley takes the mound. A lot of high hopes for the White Sox this year. They're taking on Cleveland and one of our favorite pitchers, Fausto Carmona. I don't know much about him, but I love saying his name. It just rolls off the tongue. Fausto Carmona. Very good with a nice cream sauce, by the way. Fausto Carmona was the number two pitcher the last time the the Indians made it to the American League Championship Series. Coach, which was 07. It was that yeah. sooner, like recent, that the Indians were actually pretty decent. Many, many will side? tell you Cleveland's had a lot of number two pitchers in recent years. Yeah, they have. They haven't, they, Coach? <laughs> why do the Why do the White Sox always start in Cleveland every year? I mean, if you're going to start at an opponent's park every single year, mm-hmm. why can't it be like Tampa Bay or? Or Texas or Anaheim or something like that. That would be nicer. Although I heard Cleveland is lovely this time of year. Well, that's what you've heard. Yeah. yeah. Our, you know, you've never been to Cleveland. No, uh, yes, I have. Our yes, weather have. people telling us sorry. it's 75 degrees and balmy up in Cleveland today. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit about Shin Shu Chu or is it Shu Chu or Chu Shu? 
Sin Sochu. Sin Chochu. He is uh, pretty good, is he not? Hit 300 last year with 25 home runs and 90 driven in, 90 scored. I mean, the kid is one heck of a ball player, Coach. He's definitely the Indians' best player. Mm-hmm. You can just pencil him in for those numbers. Since he's been in Major League Baseball, he's one of the most underrated players in the game. He's gold glove caliber out in right field, got a good arm, steals 25 bases. He's a heck of a player. Mm-hmm. All right, so if you're Turn playing... Grady Sizemore. Grady Sizemore is still a Cleveland Indian. Yeah, can you believe that? Wow. I remember when he used to be young and fresh and energetic. Now he's more of a veteran, but still well, can run, I'm sure. He's one of those guys that yesterday I was talking about the year of the comeback. We're going to find out if people can still play. And that's uh, Grady Sizemore is either going to be the, the everyday center fielder or he's mm-hmm. probably going to be released, Coach. All right. Uh, good baseball stuff, Big Don. Always good talking baseball with you. 888-463-6748. Final minutes of the show. Dial it up, folks. You want to talk some uh, college basketball, the final four. Let's get the Big Dog's thoughts. We'll make some predictions here. We all know it's been a wild ride. We all know nobody's brackets are correct. We all know maybe it's not the four top teams left. But bottom line is starting at Saturday uh, tomorrow, Big Dog, at about 5 o'clock, we should see two pretty entertaining games. Any thoughts on who, when we come back Monday... Which two teams will we be talking about for a national championship matchup? Final four, Saturday, 5 o'clock. Uh, Butler taking on Connecticut. Butler and Connecticut. Point spreads, by the way, and I'm I, uh, very proud of myself. I nailed them without even looking at them. Because it took some thinking to actually uh, uh, kind of predict what the point spread would be. But Butler by two and a half. Okay. And Kentucky favored by two, which, you know, a lot of people thought Connecticut. I thought, you know what, Kentucky is beaten. Ohio State and North Carolina, I think they're going to be slightly favored over Connecticut. But you think uh, UConn will continue the run they're on, huh? Yeah, yeah, I would. I definitely would. And I would have called, uh, I, I would have called Kentucky a two-point favorite coach. So even though I'm picking Connecticut, but mm-hmm. I would have had VCU as uh, as the favorite. I thought I would have had them a one-point favorite. Yeah, I went people out. I went back and forth on that one. I wasn't sure which way. I tried to, you know, get into the the mind, the thought process of the Vegas odds. But um, I just thought probably Butler's experience. The Vegas odds, they definitely do not like to go with the unpredictable. And it's hard to fathom Butler as the predictable. But when you talk about playing VCU, they're kind of the veteran team now. They're no longer the surprise team. Yeah, that's exactly right. They're the team that went, they're the big bully on the street right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I go back and forth on it. If I had to make a pick, I think I would go Butler taking on Kentucky. But you know what? It's a coin toss. Any one of those games could go either way. Yeah, no, absolutely, Coach. This should be one of the great weekends in the history of college basketball. I, I, I'm really hoping. And I don't care who wins. If it's VCU, it's Butler. I am rooting for that team in the national title yeah. game, period, yeah. no matter who they're playing. I am with you on that, and I think a good part of America that doesn't live in Connecticut or Kentucky probably with you. Everybody loves an underdog. you got to love these teams, too. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're quality teams, Coach. Yep. Yep. No number ones, no number two big dogs. Uh, big dog. Uh, first time ever, I'm trying to remember, has that ever happened before where we have, don't have a one or a two seed in the Final Four? You know what? I have to find that out, but I bet you it's happened before, Coach. That the highest seed is a three seed. Mm-hmm. It's had to happen before. Okay. I mean, it, I mean, this is what there's been eighty tournaments. Tournament started. Uh, no, let me think. There's been seventy three tournaments. It's happened before, Coach. Okay. Well, you get hot at the right time. That is the key. And those four teams have certainly gotten hot. Probably the hottest team of all is Connecticut, who went on that amazing five game run to win the Big East tournament. No rest. 
had to play each and every day five games in five days. They come back in the NCAA tournament. They are rolling. Kemba Walker, the great player, he's hot. But uh, their complimentary players have been doing well, too, and Connecticut could very easily do it. A couple of coaches, big dog, in, in um, John Calipari and Jim Calhoun that both have a little bit of a controversy in their background, but obviously both have won a lot, too. So it's an interesting, if not similar, coaching matchup. Yeah, there's been a lot of um, recruit recruitment indiscretion involving these two coaches. <laughs> what how else can I put it, coach? Very gently put. Well, there's a, there's other ways you could put it, but I think on behalf of Calipari and Calhoun, that was a nice way of doing it. I feel, I'm sure they appreciate it, coach. Yeah, I'm sure they do. They listen to the show. Don't kid yourself. Recruitment. What was the term you used? Uh, indiscretion. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> now, on the other hand, on the other side, you've got. Two of the top young coaches in America, both in their 30s, but both could quite honestly pass for college seniors. Brad Stevens and Shaka Smart. Yeah, and and you know Brad Stevens, I think is going to stay at Butler, but Shaka Smart is gone, coach. As soon as he shakes the other coach's hand mm-hmm. after the last game that he's <laughs> in in the Final Four, he walks yeah. off right into a press conference that says, "I'm the new coach at the University of." Let's we'll see. Our choices are Missouri, Oklahoma. What else is, what other major jobs are? Tennessee got filled. So it's Mizzou, Oklahoma. Gotta be a couple others. Or maybe. There, there, there isn't a lot right now at the moment, coach. Mm-hmm. Major schools. Mm-hmm. I think that's all. Um, I don't think there's any Pac-10 schools open. I don't think so. Maybe, maybe some schools are. Waiting to hear if a Shaka Smart would be interested, and then they'll let yeah. their coach know. That's probably not true either. Speaking out of both sides of the three but, schools you said, though, Missouri would be the would be the one if you're a basketball coach. That would be a very good place to go. I know some people were talking about why would you know Matt Painter want to go from Purdue to Missouri. I think you even made the comment yesterday. I was going to question you on that. I would argue the Missouri basketball that program's about as strong overall as the Purdue program. I don't know, coach. And that's no disrespect to Purdue, but I think Missouri, even though they don't have a lot of Final Four, certainly not national championships, Missouri basketball, pretty solid with the potential to be very good. They they love their basketball as well as their football. It's a great sports school, great sports state. That it definitely is. Yeah. And uh, Purdue has won a bunch of Big Ten champions. They just have had mm-hmm. – they've been very bad in the tournament. They haven't been to the Final Four since 1980. Yep. I don't know when Missouri's been, but I, it's – it's right around that time, too. So they've had the same longevity of bad. Or All right. Big Dog's got Butler in Connecticut. I got Butler in Kentucky. We'll talk about it on Monday, opening day of baseball. Go Cub, go Sox. Good luck to all your favorite teams out there. Big Dog, we got to sign up. Brand new program coming up after us. I know you want to wish them all the uh, the luck and the success that we've had here at the TalkZone.com. Eat plenty of fiber. <laughs> Oh, big dog! I, I, every weekend I say the same thing for the females. He's single, he's young, he's eligible, he's good looking. Well, three out of four ain't bad, ladies. Uh, and he is available if you want to possibly find out where the big dog is. Where might the females find you this weekend, dog? Uh, hopefully with my girlfriend. That's what I'm hoping to see her for the first time in like a you week. Know, you really know how to kill a good time. All right, have a go- good weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday, dog. Enjoy okay. the basketball. All right. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you for listening. David Olson, our producer, thanks for putting up with us. That's the best I can say about David. And we appreciate it. Have a good weekend. We'll see you Monday at 10 o'clock. Enjoy the baseball. Enjoy the basketball.